I really don't know what I'm going to talk about today. I'm just, I sat here for a few minutes before recording, thinking, and nothing really came up that was like, oh yeah, that's what I'll talk about. So, but I just decided to start recording because I still want to practice talking. It seems like a very important thing for me right now in my life to get good at talking and get good at communicating and expressing these ideas without breaks. <laughs> yeah, so you, as you heard, in between the word without and the word breaks, I took a break, so that's why I laughed. As I'm listening back to some of these recordings, I'm noticing that I talk real slow. And I don't have to talk that slow, but that's how slow it takes me to, that's how long it takes me to put my thoughts into words. My thoughts aren't automatically in words, it seems like. It's a strange thing. Yeah, like I have, maybe I think in images or I think, yeah, maybe I think in pictures and not words and that's why it's hard for me to to put my thoughts into words. You know, you might, you might know some people like that in their life, some quiet people or might think they're shy the kind of people at parties who kind of sit by the wall and don't really talk that much and actually they're probably not at the parties <laughs> to begin with but if they are they're they're not the one instigating the the fun they're the one witnessing and and thinking in, in the corner or Maybe they're not literally in a corner, but I think you know what I mean. I was at a party on Saturday. Today is Monday. And it was kind of like that for me at some points. I always notice at least once during a party where I'm just not engaged in the conversation. And it's very hard for me to to insert myself into a conversation that's existing. Maybe I'll find, maybe I'll read for you something. I'm just going to find it on my computer. But um, yeah, this used to be a real source of anxiety and sadness for me. I... I didn't know, I wanted community and I wanted connection, but I didn't know how to get it. And I, and I noticed all my friends going to parties where it's loud and there's lots of people talking and there's groups talking and it's hard for some people. And maybe I'll talk a little bit about my experience, like... Sometimes people start telling jokes at a party and I, you know, I don't know how to participate. And then 
it feels like I'm supposed to participate, but I don't know how. It's like words aren't uh, coming into my head, you know? Like I'm, I'm there and I'm enjoying listening, but, and it's not like I'm shy. It's not like I have something I want to say and I'm too afraid to say it. It's like words don't come into my head. And it's, it's a confusing feeling. And then sometimes people notice that and, and they're like, oh, Paul, the, Paul's uncomfortable by this joke or maybe it's a maybe it's like a, a sexual joke or it's like oh we made Paul uncomfortable he's not saying anything and some people sometimes people say that out loud and that makes it worse <laughs> it's like because I'm not really uncomfortable with the joke the joke it's a fine joke I just am not saying anything because there are no words in my brain anyway so I found this thing I wrote this little short story back in 2014 and here's how it goes the conversation ended she had been talking to some someone she she sort of knew let me say that sentence again since i'm practicing talking she had been talking to someone she sort of knew, but they had both realized that they had nothing left to say, and so they skillfully parted ways. She was left alone in a room full of people who were all in the middle of their own conversations. This made her feel distressed. She had to join one of these conversations. A quick scan of the room revealed that there were, there, there were no other people who she sort of knew, and there were no other people like herself who were alone and unoccupied. She slid towards the nearest group, four or five people around her age who were talking enthusiastically, and she listened to see if there was any way she could add her own opinion or something. They were talking about some guy named Daryl who she didn't know, but who apparently, quote, just fucking ripped his shirt off right in the fucking classroom, end quote. She did not have anything worth saying about Daryl. Her physical position within the group was not ideal. There was a clearly defined circle which she was not a part of. Attempting to break open a space in the circle for herself was made difficult by the fact that the people in the circle did not seem to notice her, or if they did, they did not realize the amount of distress she was in distress she could easily be cured by allowing space for her in the circle. She did not feel like it would be permissible to physically touch one of the members of the circle because she did not know any of them well enough and she was already worried that she might be in one or two of the group members' personal space, which made her worry that maybe they were purposefully excluding her from the group in the way that you ignore someone who is handing out religious pamphlets on the sidewalk. She felt that she had to say something quickly or else more people in the group, all of whom she didn't really know, would notice her eavesdropping presence and would be made uncomfortable. She didn't know what would happen once this occurred, but she feared the worst. She was unaware of the very forced-looking smile she had on her face. She could not think of anything to say. As they continued to talk about Daryl, she stepped away from the group, accepting her failure. Other options unconsciously went through her mind, 
and were quickly shot down. The snack table was in violation of her diet. She couldn't just leave now without saying goodbye to anyone, because that would mean unconsciously running straight into the realization that this room full of people would be just fine without her, that her presence was so unnecessary to the success of this party that her disappearance would not need to be acknowledged. She walked around the room trying to catch someone's eye with her forced-looking smile. No luck. Panic levels reached their maximum as she realized that the one thing that could save her from this situation had run out of batteries 20 minutes earlier. If she'd only if she'd only remembered to charge her iPhone, she would have been saved. Panic started to turn to boredom and loneliness, and she realized to her horror that she was now standing right next to the person she sort of knew who she was talking to before. She worried that He'd been aware of her proximity to him for far longer. They kind of smiled at each other. They still had nothing to say. He took a sip of his drink. She folded her arms and then realized that folded arms might be taken as a sign that she didn't want to be bothered by anyone, when in fact that was the one thing that she wanted more than anything in that moment. She unfolded her arms but was now much too conscious of the position of her arms than she wanted to be, which meant that she could not find a comfortable, appropriate, and natural position for her arms and hands. She settled for putting her thumbs in her pockets. The man who she sort of knew was just standing there sipping his drink. He sensed that this would be a good time to say something to her, but he didn't know what to say. They were glancing around the room, and as often happens in these circumstances, they both chose the exact same moment to glance at the other person, which caused them both to look away instantly as if recoiling in pain. Both were wondering whether the other person had been staring at them the whole time and were too afraid to check if the other person was continuing to stare. And that's, that's the end of that story. It's kind of a depressing view of, of parties, but it's true, and I think a lot of people have experiences like that. I did on Saturday, <laughs> briefly. Yeah, it's a strange thing, you know, you witness other people talking and being friendly and you witness yourself not talking and not being friendly and you have no idea how to fix it. And then maybe someone comes up. Yeah, like sometimes if I express this to people, they're just like, oh, just go up to someone and say hi. Um, and then And then a vision comes up in my head of, of me going up to someone and saying hi and then them saying hi and then none of us saying anything else. Isn't that kind of weird? Isn't it weird to just go up someone go up to someone and say hi? Like imagine you're at a party and some person you don't know just comes up to you and says hi. <laughs> And that's it. That's, you know, so these are the things that go, go through my mind when I'm at a party. It's like, 
if I attempt to do anything, it would be the most awkward thing in the world. But luckily, the phase in my life where I, where I get depressed and sad about that is over. I'm, I've kind of accepted that there will be times at parties where I just stand there quietly. And that's okay. It's okay to just stand there quietly. And li or listening and seeing what, seeing what happens and not trying to force anything to happen. Yeah, sitting, sitting somewhere or standing somewhere and looking around the room and everyone's really engaged in a conversation is not a bad thing. When everyone except you is engaged in a conversation, it doesn't have to be bad. It can just be a, a moment. It's, all, it's just one moment in your life and you just wait it out. Something might happen. At the very least, you can you can laugh at the fact that it's happening again and again. You're the you're the one at the party who's not engaged in a conversation. That can be funny sometimes. Yeah, you don't have to um, notice all of the pessimistic things that you could notice that I noticed in this story and that I wrote down in this story. It's a very pessimistic way to, to be at a party. You know, noticing you don't know where to put your arms. Noticing your forced looking smile. I mean, if you just notice that your smile is forced and then you laugh and then your, <laughs> your smile becomes less forced because now you're laughing at yourself. Yeah. So I've changed since 2014 when I wrote that story. And that's that's a nice thing. Um, but still, it would be nice if more people knew that that a lot of people have these experiences at parties. And and that's why when I went to a talking circle, it, it changed my life. A talking circle is a way of conducting a conversation with a group of people that's, it uses indigenous protocol. And in, in, in indigenous protocol, you have an, an item, usually it's a feather that you pass around the circle and whoever has the item is the person who speaks. And so you pass, you pass the, the feather around the whole circle so everyone gets a chance to speak and they can speak for as long as they want. And when you do this, the conversation changes. It's, it's quite amazing. Like conversations at parties where anyone can interrupt and anyone can say anything at any time. It's rare that those conversations really get to somewhere important or deep. 
you know, because as soon as there's three seconds of silence, someone else jumps in. And maybe what someone needs is a few seconds of silence to really think about what they really wanted to say without someone interrupting into that silence. And that's what I need when I'm in conversations. You know, sometimes I just need silence for a few seconds before I can figure out what to say. And it, I don't know if you've been, <laughs> you might have noticed parties in those conversations, there is no silence. There's no time to think. You just, you have to be quick with your words. And so I went to this uh, talking circle. That was probably in 2015. And part of me is nervous for when the feather gets to me. It's like, oh no, am I going to say the right thing? Like it's, it's like you're in class and the teachers picked you to answer a question or something. You didn't raise your hand. It's like, oh, now the feather's attached to my hand and now I have to say something. And it's like, oh no, what if I don't say a good thing? Or what if I say something stupid? But since I have the feather, I have the, the power to speak whatever I want in that moment and no one's going to interrupt me. And so I can slow down and really say what I think rather than trying to say something that fits into a, a very quick conversation and, and rather than trying to score social points or say something funny, I really say something important because of this structure, this talking circle structure. And after my first talking circle, I was, I was a changed person. I didn't, I realized that I do have things to say. It's just that when, when we're in a conversation that I don't find meaning in, then I don't have things to say and I don't have time to express why I don't find meaning in this conversation because there's no time. I'll to, you know, as soon as there's a little half a second of silence, someone interrupts. And so maybe at your next party, you can try a talking circle. <laughs> or maybe it's not the best thing to do at at a party. I mean, it might not be very conducive to alcohol. In fact, I would say don't do a talking circle with alcohol. I think that's a fairly good rule, alcohol or any other drugs. But try a talking circle. Even if it's just two people, try, try passing a feather and see what happens. And if you're resistant to that idea, if you don't want to, then try and figure out why you don't want to. Why is it that you don't want to have a talking circle? All right, I'm going to stop it there. And as always, if you want to be in touch, the email is paulbartonsounds at gmail.com. I know no one's listening to these podcasts yet, but they might someday. So if you are, 
feel free to contact that email and and I'd be happy to have you as a guest on this podcast. Bye for now.